Hello and welcome to Hotelcast. My name is Paula, I'm the content coordinator at Ask Suite and I'll be your host today. This podcast is po sponsored by Ask Suite, the global leader in omnichannel communication platforms for hotels and resorts. Ask Suite is also the 2020, 2021, and 2022 Best Hotel Chatbot by Hotel Tech Awards. We were also named 2021 World's Best Hospitality Chatbot Solution Provider by World Travel Tech Awards. That's, I have to breathe, you know, to say so many awards that we have. That's kind of cool. And there is more. <laughs> And there is more. This podcast, Hotocast, was elected the second best hospitality podcast by the International Hospitality Institute. And that's huge. We are so happy about it. So thank you, everybody that is listening to us right now. And... Especially thanks to all the guests that have been on the show. I think the show is only as good as our guests. So thank you so much. Much appreciated. Today's episode is about the core principles of hotel website success. And we will talk about user experience, how it impacts the conversion rate of hotel website. What is best, looks or functionality? That's a good question. Metrics uh, in website, hotel websites, they're important and much more. So to answer these questions, I have here with me Harry Fielder, Managing Director of Yumi Digital and expert in hospitality marketing and travel tech. So hello, Harry. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm very, very well. Delighted to be here. Thank you very much for having me. It's very exciting. Thank you so much for being our guest again, because in case the guys are listening to us right now and don't know, uh, this is the first time that Harry is on the podcast, but he was a guest in a webinar, I think it was last year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, time flies, uh, so it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Harry, I always learn a lot from you and from all your team too, because they, they did also, uh, we had a special class from two of your team members about Instagram. Yes, Tina, Tina and Tom, I think, did inst uh, Instagram marketing. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. hello, Tina. Hello, Tom. Uh, I highly advise everybody and recommend everybody to watch this uh, masterclass. It was a masterclass, like Harry said, on Instagram. So, Harry, uh, oh, I think I know a little, <laughs> I think I know you a little bit right now. But in case someone is listening to us and still don't know you, can you please introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. So yeah, my name's Harry Fielder. I'm the managing director of UMI Digital. Um, UMI is a hospitality and travel focused um, marketing and development agency. Um, interestingly, the agency was founded out of being a hotel company. So UMI Hotels existed before UMI Digital, um, which is which is kind of cool. I don't know many uh, hotel, uh, marketing agencies that were actually previously a hotel. So um, the hotels were sort of sold off in various property deals, but the the internal marketing department became its own company back in about uh, back back in 2010. Um, I joined in in 2013 and we've yeah grown grown the team uh, grown and you know a wonderful uh, you know wonderful base of, of hotel clients uh, all around the world. I'd say the majority is is in the UK and Europe um, but some a little bit further afield cool. um, and the, the services that we offer kind of split between uh, the design and development of, of websites web apps and customer and software, uh, and then also the, the marketing support piece, would be that uh, sort of digital advertising, PPC, the SEO, um, content planning, uh, and strategic support. So uh, a fairly full um, full service uh, marketing agency, but but exclusively focused on, on hotels and travel. That's nice. And uh, I learned something about you too. Now, I didn't know that story. I think it was so cool that you were a hotel before. That's, that's yeah, unusual. Yeah, I think it's... Yeah. Uh, It's a nice thing to it's a nice thing to lead with because actually, the majority, like a lot of the people in the team now, um, have had experiences working in hospitality as well. Like our lead developer comes from you know, a, a family a family business of of restaurants, you know, and um, you know Steve, the original founder, was was the founder of Umi Hotels and has a huge amount of experience working in in hotels, hostels, um, you know, around the world as well. So there is a lot of empathy uh, in in what we do because a, a lot of the team have have been on the other side of the equation. Yeah, that's really important. Uh, here in Ask Suite, we also have um, myself, I was a hotelier too, and I think, I think nice. it helps a lot when you, you've been on the other side and yeah. you know you understand the pains and the challenges and everything. Uh, so Harry, you said, Umi Digital covers uh, many aspects of uh, marketing, auto marketing, and including 
web Sahota website, and this mm-hmm. is the subject today subjects uh, subject. So, what are the core principles that a hotel website need to have or have to have uh, to be to have success? Because um, I think hotel website it's still like a monster for many of the hoteliers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, then I'm talking about myself because I don't understand much of the technical issues and all that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, can what can you tell you about the core principles, especially if we talk about conversion? Uh, what mm-hmm. are these principles mm-hmm. that it, you, sh- you should pay attention to? Fantastic. So I'm going to go on a bit of a random analogy to start with, but hopefully that frames how uh, how we view it, right? But when you walk into a house, you kind of expect to know how to use the house before you even get there, right? You expect the door to probably the door handle to probably go downwards and for the door to swing open, right? You expect probably that there's going to be bedrooms upstairs and there might be a living room downstairs you expect you know uh there there to be a fire and you expect there to be probably bricks around the fire and you know the sofas are going to face the tv so there's all of these things that we just expect to happen when we use pretty much everything and the house is a great example of that um and we need to kind of apply that mindset to our websites as well if we start by thinking, how can we be incredibly creative? And if we start with that mindset, then what we often lose is the focus on creating the experience that someone's automatically going to know how to use, right? So, and it's by by kind of approaching it from a user perspective um, and actually addressing, okay, who who is our user and what do they actually need to be able to do um, and we'll go into personas in, in just a moment, then you kind of lose, you lose the point, right? And so, for example, back to our house analogy, if you start and you have a blank, blank load of land, right? And you want to, the first thing you think about is not the color of the wallpaper. It's going to be, okay, well, how big is the house? How many rooms are we going to have? How many doors? How, many, how are we going to get into the property? Where are we going to park? Mm-hmm. Right? Those are the core usability components of a house. Whereas I would say the majority of conversations that I have right in those early days of, of a website, right, we need a website and I want it to have, I want it to look like this and I want it to look like this. But actually what hasn't been considered is addressing the core purposes of what it needs to achieve. First of all, have we listed out our revenue streams? Have we listed out what the priority of those revenue streams? What are the core uh, segments that are going to be purchasing those different revenue streams? So let's, let's go into personas. A persona is, <clears throat> excuse me, a persona is a uh, a kind of a, a a virtual representation of an ideal customer, um, and they can be. You, you might have multiple personas per revenue stream. You might have your uh, your family of four. You might have your uh, corporate um, corporate traveler, perhaps between the ages of forty and fifty. <laughs> they stay between Tuesdays and and Thursdays. They tend to eat in the hotel. They tend to you know watch these types of programs, they go back and go on holiday with, you know, their girlfriend um, and they tend to go to these places. And you can describe in quite a lot of detail these personas. And, and as I said, there might be multiple personas per revenue stream. Um, and that's always the best place to start, right? Have you, what are the revenue streams? Who are the perfect customers for each revenue stream? Then we need to take it one step further. We need to say what decision what what is important to each of those personas what are what we call the jobs to be done the jobs to be done are those mental hurdles that you need to overcome in order to book something right so as a you know as a a kind of a a global ceo and i want to stay in a luxury hotel i'm going to need to know a bunch of stuff about this hotel i'm going to need to know that i i've got someone on hand to book stuff for me i'm going to need to know that i'm going to have a, a newspaper delivered in the morning for me I'm going to need to know that there's a meeting space if I need to go and pull someone in for a meeting, right? Those are all the key considerations that that persona is going to go through. And unless at the very, very beginning, I have listed out my personas and what are the most important decision points for each persona, I'm going to start off on the wrong foot. So that is the first place to start. The jobs to be done, as I said, are essentially questions. I would like to know if. Or I need this to be, I need to be this to, this to be in place, and that interestingly dictates 
how you how a user you move, moves through a site and also what content you need on a site. So the jobs to be done actually influence both the user the, the user flow, uh, the customer journey, and, and also uh, the content that you need to write, uh, which is kind of cool. So go back to basics, understand, list your revenue streams, list your personas, and what is important to each persona. Be as detailed as you possibly can, because those personas are going to be the lens through which you make all of your other decisions, your particularly your design decisions. You're not saying, do I like this design? You're saying, does Paolo like this design? Yeah. yeah? Does Harry like this design? Yeah. And is Harry going to think this information is important? Not, do I think this information yeah. is important? Um, so that's, I think, a, a great place to start. And I would also ask the question, how many of you hoteliers out there have actually interviewed a guest and understood what the, what uh, you know what drew them to book with you and also perhaps what caused them to nearly not book with you and what was important to them in their decision to stay with you okay uh, i imagine you know we, we actually build user interviews into the start of every single project now it's not we didn't always used to do that but we do now so we, we have to we interview prospective guests and current guests um and the receptionist what questions are you normally asked because if the question, you know, without actually addressing all of the different touch points that we have, then, you know, then, then, then ultimately we're going to, uh, you know, start off on the wrong foot. So, so yeah, and I, I think as a place to start, that is a, fun, a, a great place to be. Yeah, no, you mentioned many different uh, points that I would like to highlight here. Uh, mm. The first one, of course, being the persona knowing who is your ideal guest? I think it's still, it's something that we see like globally, like hotels don't really care. They kind of think like any guest is a good guest and it's not. Uh, I, we were, was talking to someone before and was telling, um, in many, many aspects it's important to know the persona. One is that if you attract the kind of wrong type of of persona for your hotel, not to the person it's wrong, but for your hotel, the experience won't be good for them because they want something else that you are not, uh, mm -hmm. you're not providing. So that's number one. And number two, if you do, we're talking about marketing and if you do uh, ads or any kind of campaign and you don't know who you're talking to, of course it will be uh, less effective if you know, and then the same, I think applies for hotel website. So I would just want to like reinforce that it's important to understand who the persona is. Cause I, I, I still think when we talk to many, I don't know your, your experience, but when we talk here with many hotels, they still have like almost no idea cause it, I guess is a guest kind of thing. And, mm -hmm. and, and that can ruin all the experience, like, like you said, yeah. and I'm saying, right? Because I think you have to understand the, the behavior and expectations to yeah. actually provide what they want. And I think that happens online, too. That's one, that one thing that you're bringing in, and I think that's important. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I love when you boil it down, sorry. you know, with marketing is essentially, you know, giving people the right, the right people the right message at the right time. Yeah. And the first two parts of that are entirely covered by creating detailed personas. Who is the right person and what is the right message? That message is answering the key questions that that persona has. And you're only going to know those questions by asking them and by evaluating what is important to them. Yeah. I love that you include that, that you said in the, uh, at the end uh, of your answer here, that you are including this in the process to, to, to ask mm. a kind of feedback or something like that what yeah. make them book, what made them almost not book. I think that's mm -hmm. really a, a really good insight. And mm. I hope that people that are listening to us uh, actually have, yeah. you know, grab this because it is important. Yeah. It is really important. But interviewing a, ho interviewing a hotelier and interviewing people that are so connected to the brand day in, day out, do not have a guest's eye view of the whole process. And when they brief things in, it is different to what a guest would say. It just is. Yeah. Um, and it's important to balance everything. It's important to balance the vision of where the hotel wants to be, but also the reality of, of the situation of sure. what, is in, what is actually important to their guests. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. And, uh, and again, another point that you said that it goes, goes hand in hand with that 
is that you have to build for them and not for you. And that's a mistake mm -hmm. that I think we, we all industries, <laughs> I think, mm -hmm. make at some point at least that yeah. we think that we assume that the other will want the same as we want. And mm. that's not just the case. So that's really, really good insight to Harry. And we were talking about the behavior, understanding what they want, what you should have in the web website, in the hotel website. Mm -hmm. And it comes to another question that you were talking about functionality at the beginning. I love the mm -hmm. analogy, by the way. Even even I, I said in the beginning that uh, websites are not my, how you say, cup of tea? <laughs> Do you say that in England? <laughs> it is not that. But you make it easier to understand, so thank you for that, for being... Uh, yeah. being uh, yeah. So didactic with but with the with the analogy as well. You've yeah. got people want to, you know, that there isn't always a desire to be different and to be creative. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the requests are okay. Well, I want the I want it to swipe this way, and I want the menu to open like this, and I want this picture to animate like this. And it's literally the same as saying, okay, I want to have a door that opens upwards instead of sideways. You know it. People, when they land on your site, are not going to know where to go yeah. because it's not an automatic trigger, right? Um, no, there are many, so, many, yeah. hot, many hotels websites that that I go mm, through. That mm. You 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 get lost. You literally get lost. Like, yeah. okay, I just want to to book. Even the book that should be like <laughs> yeah, the yeah. main thing. And you, if you change like page or something, a section, whatever tab, mm. it's like okay, mm. I. And, mm. and today, I, th I think you will agree with me, today, in, in today's world, if it's too complicated, takes too time, I don't want it. Like, next, yeah. you know, it's so easy to, 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 mm. come, to go to another hotel. So I think it's still something yeah. that uh, hotels are missing. And we're mm. talking about functionality. Yeah, and I think this is a really important one because um, the job of a creator is, to, like us and right now, is to blend the two. Yeah. You have to blend the brand and the functionality at one end you've got let, let's say you just take that brand focus you can hire incredibly expensive branding agencies that will that will put genuine like stunning designs together mm -hmm. and you end up with sites like you know the rolex site or louis vuitton or all these guys they're not designed to have high conversion rates they look fantastic but they're not designed to convert and the other end of the spectrum you have functionality first like amazon it's not a beautiful site but my goodness, does it do a good job of converting people, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and the job of most hotels, I'm not saying all hotels, but most hotels is to fall somewhere in the middle. It's we need to communicate a brand and build brand equity, but it also has a job to do. We're not uh, just about inspiring because a hotel website uh, has to address the awareness, the consideration, the purchase, the pre-stay and the post-stay part of the buyer cycle. Whereas luxury like let's say the Rolex website, it only really has to do the, the awareness bit. It only has to do the inspiration. Yeah. So it doesn't have to focus on the conversion. True. Right. Whereas a hotel website has to address every single point. And that's where it gets a little bit tricky because you different content and different layouts and different designs are used at different points of the journey. You have uh, Instagram stories and, you know, rich media is greater awareness and, you know, meta, meta search and, Google Hotel Ads is great at the conversion point, both of which are pieces of content that you can control, but, you know, they're, 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 so, they're so different. Yeah. Um, and the website, it's the, the website has to bring all of that together. It has to inspire. It has to allow a customer or a prospective guest to evaluate. And it has to also incentivize them to book now, like, a, like you know, showcase the value and ultimately the conversion point. So that's, that's the interesting bit most most places you know are like on on amazon yes some people do window shop on amazon and people just do discover uh the offers of the day mm -hmm. but most of the time people kind of know what they're looking for so it actually really has to focus on the conversion piece true rolex only has to uh you know focus on the right. awareness piece yeah and the hotels have to focus on everything yeah <laughs> yeah that's the thing because it's uh, the industry hotel industry has um, it's special in that way, like you're saying. So we were talking about uh, what is mm. best at, at the beginning of the, the show, looks mm -hmm. or functionality, and I think you, you nailed it. It, it is a balance because um, it is important, the, the, the visual for hotels. I mean, mm -hmm. you want people to daydream or something to be inspired uh, at the, mm. the website, but if, 
but it's not enough. Like you're saying, it's mm. not enough. You have to have the whole. Uh, yeah. You think about the whole stages of the the mm. fire, and it's, and I think mm. still that many hotels um, are liking that. Uh, they they mm. they focus too much. I I can imagine your job being. Um, <laughs> almost a diplomat or something, because I can't imagine there are a lot of hotels that just want you know, like you're saying, like stunning videos, whatever, and mm -hmm. you're like, yeah, that's okay, but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. it must, must yeah. be difficult. <laughs> well, that's and that is, that is the job of agencies. It's to deliver that wow, amazing experience visually, but also have an underlying strategy, and that's why those user interviews, and we, we would never put pen to paper until we've really understood what users want. And also we wouldn't apply styling or color or fonts or anything until we've mapped out the full wireframe and the scaffolding of how, how it's all going to work. So, but the further you go down the, um, the journey, the, the buyer cycle from awareness down to that checkout page, right? Where you're actually putting your credit card details, less and less gets put into the visual part of it. And quite often you, you've probably been uh, you know, on, on, on sites where you actually have to put your credit card details in, you get taken off to some really crap looking yeah. world pay page on some random world pay hosted site. And you're like, no, this is, this is so different to the lovely homepage that I've just seen. And so another part of it is, is making the attention to the, the attention to the brand seamless throughout the whole process. Even if it might not be the most important thing, it still needs to be consistent. It's so funny that you mentioned this, Harry. We did it uh, to to all listeners. We haven't talked about it before, but uh, today, actually, today I was talking to a client of ours, uh, mm -hmm. resort, and we were trying to understand the conversion of the hotel, the website, and all that. And he actually mentioned the payment. That's where it's the the, the gap, like the conversion is the worst because people are directed to uh, this crappy <laughs> whatever mm. in booking engine, uh, site. And then they are like, they are even scared. Cause it's like, it's totally different. And it's, mm. and, and they just abandon. And he, so he yeah. was actually telling me that this is a really important, uh, stage. And, mm. and I don't, and to be honest with most booking engines, like for, you know, Synexis and, uh, you know, Guestline, Muse, all of them allow you to track each step in the checkout process. So you can see the number of, you know, in, uh, room impressions. You can see how many was added to the cart, uh, checkout step one, checkout step two, convert, you know, and then ultimately conversion. So you have data across the whole lot. Now, in a lot of cases, hotels use third party booking engines. They just yeah. software as a service. It's a hosted page. It is what it is. You kind of have to rely on the fact that your booking engine is going to do it, do the best they can for you, but you can't really control it. Um, in other cases, you know, people do have custom booking engines and that's where things get really exciting because you can, you know, personalize the whole checkout experience yeah. based on, um, you know, based on their behavior at the awareness phase or the inspiration phase. Now that's, that's quite cool, but yeah. not, it's obviously beyond scope for a, in a lot of cases. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's total. it is totally different experience for sure. Uh, mm. and as we are talking about things to ha that should have or must have, uh, I think what it frustrates almost all human beings in any industry that doesn't have a formula that fits all. Mm -hmm. So it is, you know, you want to see, you see a website, I don't know, the hot, a competition, a, co a competitor website. And then you're like, mm -hmm. oh, I want that. And then maybe it doesn't work for you. So I'm, I'm already saying this because I believe there's no <laughs> formula that fits yeah. all, but I want to hear your opinion, you're an expert. And I'm, and I can guess too that, you need to do a lot of tests, right, to, mm. to actually get to well, perfect. Or... I think based on best practice and a, a good strategy, you can get most, you can get a long way, right? So if you've listed out your revenue streams, you have created content that we know is directly relevant to the questions that our personas are going to have, we have clearly showcased these revenue streams throughout and offered conversion points, both from all the way from, I'm sort of interested, I might want to chat to someone about it, request a call back or, or live chat, obviously, um, or chatbot, all the way through to an inquiry form, all the way through to I'm ready to book, right? So addressing calls to action at every step of the, you know, of, of you know, how far they are down the, down the, the, the purchase journey. Um, and, you know, ensuring a kind of relatively consistent brand, also images, 
do not underestimate the power of images as well. But let's say you tick all of those boxes. You will generate, you, you will generate business online. Um, now, this, the, the next part is where it gets, gets kind of fun because there is no silver bullet. There is no perfect formula. And the, the reason for that is that a macro conversion, i.e. a booking, this is the main goal of the whole site, is, to, is made up of loads of micro conversions. It is made up of people swiping through a gallery. It's made up of people reading the FAQs. It's made up of people, uh, you know, using the date picker, entering a promo code. And all of these items have their own conversion rate. Okay. And so if you kind of, I only, the only, only focus on the, the macro conversion, that's not going to get you anywhere because actually what you need to do is systematically improve all of the different steps that someone needs to go through in order to get there. So is my date picker, does my date picker work really nicely on mobile? Is, um, is my promo code carrying through properly to the booking engine? Is, are my images uncompressed and therefore taking too low to too long to load uh, when someone's on the tube? Are my, um, when, when I, let's say I have uh, some clear buttons of my different revenue streams on my homepage, I've got ho uh, rooms, I've got meetings and events, I've got weddings. When you go onto a mobile, are the rooms at the bottom, right? What order is that, all of that, right? Therefore, stuff at the top of the page is going to get more clicks than stuff at the bottom of the page, right? So these all have micro-conversion rates, and it's only by focusing on the micro-conversion rates systematically that you can improve your macro-conversion rate. This is purely focused on the on-site experience. Yes, you can do other stuff around traffic generation and bringing the right person in to the site in the first place. Yeah. That's a kind of a topic for another day. But... Um, but, uh, but yes, so it's, it's the way we approach this is we uh, come up with a whole bunch of hypotheses. We think that X will change Y and have this result, right? And we typically on a monthly basis, we'll come up with a stack of these. And every month we'll prioritize them based on the potential, the impact and the ease. What's the potential to impact the hypothesis I'm, I'm hypothesizing again? against what's the impact the overall impact on the business and what's the ease of actually implementing this then once we've kind of agreed on that priority we'll then go and create a version a test version and say okay well we're going to use check availability as opposed to book now we're going to use a picture of people versus a picture of a bed we're going to use a picture you know a crowded bar versus an empty bar um then we test it we evaluate the results and then that becomes a full-time part of the site and it's only through systematic improvement of the micro conversion rate that you ultimately affect your macro. Um, so, uh, so yes, you, I was watching Ozark last night. I don't know if that's something you've, you guys have watched, but uh, they, one of the lines was, um, I think it was, uh, yeah, people individually are entirely unpredictable, but start treating them in large enough numbers, they become very predictable. Yeah. Um, Psychology. So this kind of works. Yeah, yeah, this kind of works when you have a reasonable traffic throughput okay. it does become a bit tricky when you have a very limited traffic throughput because you're never going to get statistically significant results yeah but... exactly i, I can i sorry mm. i'm interrupting you but i can imagine like hoteliers because we do have here the audience it's uh, our audience is like uh, independent hotels resorts mm -hmm. or big brands so i can imagine now the one that uh, hotels that are not so they're not, not so big and they're like okay that sounds a lot of work i'm not sure if i'm mm -hmm. gonna be able to do it all that and like you're yeah. saying it's something that should be it's also one thing that i i, I starting to notice as, as more the more i talk to customers they they do sometimes they do tests but they do once and like you're saying they're not seeking it they're, they're just so small the amount of um, how you say this the um, amount of people being i don't know mm. uh being affected by the test yeah. that is not significant so um, if you if you could tell anything like I, I you already did a lot of tips you already gave a lot of tips here uh, but trying to focus maybe a little independent hotel that is like okay mm -hmm. that's a lot for me uh, do you have any like three four points I don't know that you think oh, mm -hmm. that they can actually start like what micro conversions are if you have mm -hmm. I don't know Maybe I'm saying something stupid, yeah. but if you have, uh, they should actually focus, start focusing mm. on. So in terms of tips for those with perhaps slightly lower levels of traffic, yeah. 
that let's say you have you know i don't know like a thousand people a month or something coming through the site you're going to have to work very hard for each user right so that is where the whole persona and making sure the information on the site is exactly right you might only have 15 pages 10 pages but everything has to be has to be right to maximize that traffic volume you can get away with it when the when the site when you have more more throughput you know but yeah. you can afford losing sure. anyone right because it's so you can't. And, i mean larger properties would say they can't afford to, to miss out true. on conversion rate as well so it's not i'm not saying that it's less important or true, more true, important true. it's just it's an area that is the quickest win mm. because and asking a guest what what is it why are you why are you here in not in that way but like what uh what's important <laughs> what are you doing here you can, understand, <laughs> you can understand that but making sure that all of the key considerations that that guest is going to have is listed, right? Particularly FAQs. Ask the sales reps. Mm -hmm. What are the main questions you get asked all the time? Mm -hmm. Have them listed. Have them because people will be Googling that before they call. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think the another tip that uh, another kind of, I guess, a mind, mindset shift that I think needs to happen, um, which some of our you know partners and clients have adopted and some haven't necessarily is we need to stop thinking about websites as a kind of set and forget so once we've built it it is what it is it should just perform for us now you do naturally see an uplift you do when when a new site goes live you see an uplift and you will get better results but it's there they should be treated as living breathing entities it should be okay well how are we going to improve it this month how are we going to increase traffic next month um so changing that mindset of, oh, we've built a new website now, we've invested in a new website now, that's going to last us three years. Because every month after that, it will probably, if without attention, it will suffer. Um, the other mindset, mindset shift I think really needs to happen is we need to move away from fixed marketing budgets to cost per acquisition budgets. So, you know, and again, some of our clients and partners are, are great at this. They say, okay, well, we're, we're happy to spend as much on, on digital advertising, as long as you achieve a 10 to one return on ad spend. Cool. We'll just keep going until, until that hits, we're happy to go. Others say we only have a thousand pounds a month to spend on this 2000 pounds, 500 pounds, whatever. Um, and the results that we're getting there, you know, we'd be like 80 to one, or like 50 to one return on ad spend, like a 2% cost per acquisition, 1% cost per acquisition. And you say, you, so you're telling me that I shouldn't spend more on this. You, you're not going to increase the budget. No, because we've set our monthly marketing budget. Okay. It makes no logical sense, but that is traditionally how budget setting has worked. So it's very hard for the marketing team who are ultimately governed by those budgets to get out, to break out of that. But, and that's a shift that ultimately needs to happen higher up the, higher up the order because it is the most frustrating thing. Like you, I, I can see my team generating like outstanding results for, for hotels on, on ad campaigns and various things. And you say, well, I just want you to, I want you to do more of this because it's working. It's clearly, we've got a great formula here. Um, so that can be quite frustrating sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you, you're, yeah, I think the mindset is the, the change of mindset that you're mentioning here. It is, that's why we do this. That's actually essentially why we do this podcasts and webs and, mm. and webinars and stuff like that we try to educate and, and show uh, the long term and, and changing the mindset of how approach things and in this mm. case we're talking about investment in marketing and and uh, yeah and, and the website and stuff like that um if you if you think about uh, you you were talking about um, when we refresh the website uh it, it we it, it, it generates a result right away and all that. And I think many of the hotels might, I'm, I'm, I'm combining here two questions. Mm -hmm. uh, many hotels are, might be wondering right now, okay, what signs do I have that I'm in trouble? <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. If you have, yeah. you, you, you mentioned before about a little bit about mm -hmm. metrics and how we do have available now data and all that. Mm -hmm. So, what are the red flags, uh, big red flags that they, they should sure. they should look for? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'll, I'll first start with how I how I see the importance of web in comparison in in the whole picture. Okay. So you have a f 
your hotel is a physical asset, right? And your uh, and your service is part of that asset. And your ability to generate good reviews is entirely reliant on that asset, both service and, and, and product. So if you have a leaking tap and a guest complains about it, you fix that pretty quick, right? Because, um, you know, it's that's damaging your brand. Every, every day that flaky piece of wallpaper is there is damaging your brand. Um, but I would argue that the digital brand the digital assets that you have and the consistency of those and the, and the quality of those should be treated in the same plane as those physical brand considerations. Because let's say someone has immense frustration booking or the pictures are fuzzy and the pictures aren't very are curated. They can't find the information they're looking for. It's exactly the same as going to a concierge and saying, where can I go for dinner? And they say, I don't know. Sorry. True. Right. Yeah. It, the brand, the physical asset and the digital assets need to be viewed in a much sim through a much through almost through the same viewpoint. Because and, and so when when you're asking me about signs and red flags, my first question to that hotel would be, does the uh, does the hotel uh, is it a fair reflection of your physical asset and your brand? Is it are they on par? You know, great. If if for example. You have, and, and this is classic in, 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 you know, luxury hotels, you know, we have the most stunning property and the website, if you were to look at it is definitely not as stunning and as service orientated and as, and delightful as, as the physical experience red flag, because one is pulling the other down. Yeah, definitely. And also you have similar experiences on the other way. Like I've, I've worked with properties where, you know, they're not trying to be luxury, but the website was, we need to showcase this amazing this and this, this. And you go, that is not a true reflection of your physical asset. And so therefore, <laughs> yeah, I, can't imagine I would problems. probably advise fixing the physical asset first true. rather than chucking loads of money into the digital asset. Um, so that would be my first balance. Uh, uh, first question, sorry. Are my physical assets and digital assets on par with each other with regards to quality and how they are perceived by my guests? Love that. Yep. Um, the second flags and the sort of like I t individual things mm -hmm. I would look at imbalance of, of booking source. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that I've, I've been approached with by, by hotels that are genuinely 90% reliant on OTAs and it's scary Yeah, because it's essential or even a hundred percent, you know, it's, they are in, it's essentially a, like, let's say it's 20% commission. That's a 20% tax on everything. Yes. It's insane. Right? It's insane. Yeah. And so then you, you pose the question, Okay, well, if I'm telling you I can generate a return on ad spend of 20 to 1, 10 to 1, 15 to 1, are you saying you don't want to invest in that? And they go, no, 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 we have no marketing budget. It's like, yeah, but it is mark that is your marketing budget. And your, mar your marketing budget is 20% of your revenue. True. So, um, so that imbalance of booking source, are you comfortable with that booking.com bill that you get for every month? And I think what's a very sensible question to ask your agency is, how much on based on your experience how much do you think i could shift this balance and if they've got a wide enough portfolio and they've dealt with enough projects they should be able to give you a pretty good idea so most of the time now before i even send a proposal or even look at i will have a look at their analytics i'll have a look at yeah the booking reports the analytics the traffic the how the whole thing operates because i can give a pretty clear pretty good pretty good stab at the uplift that i would expect to see um so that imbalance of booking source i, I think um is, is a great one and uh, yeah my, and my second point i actually mentioned first which which was going to be that is there an imbalance between the quality of your digital asset and your physical asset yeah i think that there yeah again you're spot on and i think the, the, i'm still laughing a little bit about the distribution uh mm. of you know having everything handed to OTAs, I don't, I don't, I, I do understand, and I don't, th I don't think anyone thinks that you shouldn't work with OTAs or third-part uh, commission kind of reservation, mm -hmm. but to actually give that much, and they don't, and, and it's funny how it is again a mindset. It is, it happens. Yeah, I agree with you. They don't see it as an investment in, in, in marketing. Like it, it, it's funny how yeah. they split the things, you know, in their head. <laughs> yeah. 
and it's yeah, it's, yeah. I should also echo. I'm I'm not bashing OTAs because yeah. that is a very 2015 thing to do, and they are an essential part of the whole travel the, yeah. the whole travel industry. I, I I fully get that, and I'm not knocking it. No, no. I'm just addressing the balance. Yeah, that's all. yeah, yeah. Um, that's it. And and a hotel's appetite for for that balance. Yeah. That's all I'm that's all I'm suggesting. Yeah, and then uh, and. And it goes hand to hand to what you said earlier, mentioned earlier, um, about the even the the behavior, the transcendent behavior of the traveler. And I think Harry, uh, these days with the pandemic and all that, it is so much potential for direct bookings because people are still scared. Again, I was with the same client today. He was talking about because at least here in Brazil and you know South America, we did have this. Uh, I don't even know how. If the third wave, fourth wave, I don't even know. But we did have, again, the, the, you know, this wave of, of of some variants. And then he was telling me, like, in January, the amount of people re uh, calling them and contacting direct them, and it's much, much, in a volume that is much, much higher. So, of course, people are going also to the uh, website as well. And if you mm. make it easy for them to, to talk to you or to give them direct information, you you totally can use it in our event. So, mm. yeah, mm. It, it is. Uh, the behavior is changing, too, I think, uh, mm. a little bit. People feel the more people feel scared or unsure, unsure, they will they want a good website, you know, the first contact to give provide the sense of, I don't know, trust, yeah. I think. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And and um, just to we are heading to the end of it uh, actually. And uh, but I I wish I could talk more because I I do love this. <laughs> I'm learning as in the process. <laughs> so you're talking and I'm thinking about all these other questions that <laughs> that you probably don't know about. But anyway, yeah. um, again, just let me if you can wrap it up. Or it's quite hard mm -hmm. to do it. It's an extensive uh, topic. But uh, you talked about the red flags. You talked about the importance of understanding the behavior and all that. We did mention a little bit of the, the metrics in, in the <laughs> hotel website. Um, if you could just go back to that, just to highlight, even if you already said it, because I think it's important. Um, As a wrap-up or just the metrics piece? <sighs> just the metrics for now? Yeah. I'll maybe. do the metrics and then I'll wrap everything up. That's perfect. Thank you okay. for, hel for helping uh, me. So, yeah. <laughs> that's all right. So, so with, with the metric side of things, yeah. um, there are a lot of vanity metrics out there. I would argue that vanity metrics are likes on Facebook or, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the, the, the number of, you know, number of users is, is important. Maybe. Yeah. Followers. Uh, and the reason, the reason I say it's a vanity metric is because your organic reach within those followers is so, is so limited. Yeah. Um, that's a bit of a vanity metric. I would also, um, you know, say that, say that things like, uh, to, to some extent users number of just volume of users is sometimes a bit of a vanity metric because those, for example, if I was to say the UMI digital site, uh, and all the numbers, I would 70% of our users are American students on one blog article that we wrote in 2014. And so that is, they're not going to buy no. anything. They don't need our services. They're not interested in talking to us. They, we just had a, a I think a, 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 an article around the purpose of social media that just went viral and it still gets so many links. Right. So, cool. so it's uh, I would argue that users to an extent is a vanity metric because it doesn't mean that they're valuable. Um, and there are ways to refine it. So there are ways to make users a much more useful piece of information. I'd say the really core, the core points are going to be your uh, revenue per user. Uh, what is it, what does it cost to bring a user into your site? Um, so your, you know, cost per acquisition per user, is it, you know, 50p? Is it, is it, you know, $1 or whatever, whatever it is. Uh, your, I think the, the really important ads based one are your, your impression share, your click through rate. Uh, cost per click and all that kind of thing, um, and then ultimately the, the 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 engagement on the site. So your your bounce rate, how many pages do they actually view? Starting to understand the funnel of how they move through the site. Um, 
they might they might spend loads of time on a given page but then they might bail out again that's not a so again time on page sometimes is a vanity metric as well it's like, yeah but they're staying five minutes on this one page yeah but then they're not doing it yeah. um and so i think what is by by kind of boiling down your metrics to what actually leads to me being successful and it doesn't always have to be booking the, the end doesn't have to be booking related it can be they read one blog article and then actually read two others or they got to five pictures in the gallery out of six and that's better than just one or two when they were swiping across or they they opened they managed to get to the faq page as part of the booking process that's really useful um so i'd say those are really important metrics to un to understand okay is the is the site that we have delivering on all of the needs of that persona because if it is then then you're in then you're in a great place nice uh, any anything any you said you would say a little bit about <laughs> the metrics oh, you, said, you know save me uh no but is, is anything else that i might have uh forgotten anything like Mm, this is worth mention or it is okay how you want to uh i'd say what, I, what i'll do now is i'll quickly wrap stuff up great and i'll try so, and summarize everything i uh try and summarize stuff that i've said um okay so first of all common fallacy is to start with design right always start with asking who are your key persona who are your perfect customers for each revenue stream and for each of those customers define exactly what's important to them that will, def that will help you understand the flow, understand what content you need, and it's a great starting point because they become the lens through which you do everything else. Uh, looks versus functionality. Um, the whole goal is to balance it. Functionality is arguably more important the further down the buyer cycle that you go, um, but it is a blend. And you're the creators of your site, that's their job. It's going, you, you have to present the needs of the site and it's the creative's job to make sure that that's you know uh, inspiring and in line with the brand and everything so don't try and dictate the design too much i feel mm -hmm. i feel because then you're not getting your money's worth on the design because you're you a non-designer is asking a designer how to design like you wouldn't tell a bricklayer how to lay bricks yeah. right so um, makes sense <laughs> I, yeah uh, okay and then we then we go into um like what is the right formula and I'd say the formula is follow the best practices first. Make sure that all the content in there answers the persona's needs at, for each revenue stream. And it is clear and obvious what they need to do. That is step one. That's the base level. Next one is understand what your micro conversions are. What does a user actually need to do to get to the macro conversion, i.e. the book, like the actual transaction? Then it's all about understanding, okay, are there hurdles are there are there things that are tricky like is the the drop down not working is the calendar confusing and so it's about optimizing all of the small individual micro conversions that will ultimately bring up the conversion rate of the whole site um and you know alongside this and probably the most important thing is trying to shift your mindset on two on two points one don't set and forget a website your website needs to change all the time if you have the same design and the same wallpaper and the same menu and the same everything in your restaurant, you will become stale. And it's the same with your digital presence. And, and also try if you can, this is mainly, you know, trying to, like, trying to reach out to the people who actually set the budgets, not necessarily the marketing department themselves, because it's kind of tricky for them, but don't set fixed marketing budgets. Set a, set a base, fine, set a base level, but then set an acceptable cost per acquisition because you don't want to find yourself in a situation where an advertising agency is saying i'm generating you 50 to 1 return on ad spend here can we have some more budget to fuel this machine and you go no like that is makes no sense to anybody so try and try and shift that to, to a cost per acquisition mindset yes it has to factor in agency cost it has to factor in staff cost it has to factor in media spend I get that photography videography whatever but shift the mindset to cost per acquisition and not <laughs> and not uh, not not just fixed uh and then finally i think the red flags around what why why should you 
invest um, in, in a new website or not invest in a new website? Is there an imbalance between your digital asset and your physical asset? My argument is that your, uh, it, the two should reflect each other very, very closely. Um, both, both of them are touch points that your guest is going to experience. And if you have a dripping tap, if you have peeling wallpaper, if you have a rude receptionist, uh, concierge that doesn't know what they're talking about, you're going to deal with that quite quickly. But I would also argue that a website that doesn't do its job, it doesn't answer the right questions, it's dated, it doesn't work particularly well, it's, that is also doing damage. And if you're trying to create this consistent experience across all, all touch points, physical and, and digital, then that needs addressing massively. And the same goes the other way around. If you have a, you know, let's say you're on the budget end of the spectrum and your and your website is trying to oversell your property, also don't do that. Invest in the property first before you <laughs> before you invest in the website. Um, I love that. Really, yeah. I really do. I think it's a great yeah. insight. <laughs> uh, and finally, don't don't follow vanity metrics. Don't just look at the number of users. Don't just look at um, just the number of the number of clicks. It it's useful, but always frame it always always like understand okay well yes i've my ink my users have gone up by 20 percent, but who are they and why is that important to me what did that mean um so always ask the why and what what was the result of that as opposed to just focusing on the metric itself metrics should enable decisions not metrics for the for the sake of metrics so now like for example we don't actually do like well the reports that we put together every month the data dump it's not really a data dump. We have a live dashboard that anyone can see at any point throughout the month. The reports at the end of the month are purely insight and commentary, not spitting data back. Because the data is just data. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you can make it, uh, again, just, just to finish, uh, you can make the data whatever you want. If You know, <laughs> you can, <laughs> you know, if you don't use it well, then you're going to have a totally misunderstood conclusion there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Harry, thank you so much for chatting with us today. It was a pleasure, as always, to talk to you, and so many, uh, so many, so many good insights and tips that you gave us. So thank you so much. And before we say goodbye to our listeners, how can the audience reach out to you? Is there? A, is go to the website is the best or LinkedIn? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'll. Um I suppose it's a podcast. I can't put a link anywhere. <laughs> no, but <laughs> but no, my, my have, email address. You do have in the blog post, at least. <laughs> ah, there we go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so my email address is harry, H-A-R-R-Y, at umi digital, so U-M-I digital.co.uk, if anyone wants to chat. Or the website um, is also good. If you, Even if it's just for a chat. Like, I I love, that's that's what I love doing. I love chatting. So <laughs> just, just get in touch if you just want to chat. Um, whichever way that goes, then great. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it, like I said, it's always good to chat with him, so I can attest that it's fun to, to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it for today, everybody. Be sure to follow Ask Sweet on Spotify. Check out our website, asksweet.com, to learn more about uh, our award-winning chatbot and how conversation booking solutions can help your team perform better and increase revenue. Thanks again uh, for listening, and stay tuned for more episodes. Bye-bye. <laughs>